Lifestyle choices and environmental factors impact your brain health and the physiology and psychology of your mental health. When you're ready to turn your brain on to get your game on, listen to In Your Head Radio. Now here's your host, Lee Richardson. Thanks for being with us today. Today I've got Barb Jordan, and she's a really interesting guest with a really unique story. She educates on predatory behavior, and she started this because her sister's killer had been released from prison. She grew up in California with a family of seven, two brothers and twin sisters, and all five graduated from California State University, Northridge. One twin was killed by her fiancé for a life insurance policy with gun violence. Barb has been featured as a personal safety expert on ABC Good Morning Show, Los Angeles, ABC News, NBC News, NBC, CBS Inside Edition. She's traveled the world as an elite athlete, coach, broadcaster, and instructor. As a former college athlete, she's a three-time All-American, a three-time national champion, and seven-time gold medalist as a USA softball team member and coach. I'm taken back by seven times. <laughs> She's skilled in, in learning and teaching. And as a victim of predatory violence and trauma, she channeled her experience and knowledge. And what she learned through just years of athletics and coaching into studying the skills of vigilance on situational awareness and how to predict unwanted behavior. She's got a lot of training. She's trained in Crab Maga. Her instruction provides key fundamentals with the importance of body language, using your voice and self-defense techniques. She's also certified in active shooting, shoot, shooting training. That's a mouthful. She always provides the platform through which she's able to share her passion of educating others on personal safety at home, on the campus, in work, and in social environments. You've got to be aware, and this can enable you to recognize warning skills and warning signs that other people may, may be showing you. So, Barb, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, Lee, thank you, and thank you for that nice introduction. You're welcome, and and I'm touched. You know, I'm I was a twin, and I have mm. twin boys, and and when I read that you lost a twin sister, it just it really touched my heart. Would you mind sharing a little bit more of that story with our listeners? I mean, it goes back to uh, there's so much to it, but in a nutshell, when I was a senior in college, my sister got engaged. And with many types of predators, we always think of like predator, we always think of, you know, the scary person in a hoodie, but there's so many predators that are normal looking. And that's the type of predator that came into my family's life. And he, my sister got engaged to him very quickly. I mean, they dated only three months. And that was very surprising because Bev was, you know, a very confident and strong woman. But growing up, she said the magic words that a lot of young girls say, which is, I can't wait to get married. And I think, you know, hindsight, you know, he was too good to be true. And she fell into a trap. He was very good at what he did. He pulled our entire family, who was a very vigilant family. Both my parents were born and raised in Bronx, New York. So, you know, one night, uh, four days after Thanksgiving, that Thanksgiving, he played catch with my brothers and I with the football. He sat at our family dinner. 
And then four days after Thanksgiving, my college roommate, uh, I was at with my sorority at Cal State Northridge. She came up from behind me on the gym floor and she spun me around. And she said, you have to go home right away. Something's happened to one of your sisters. And I stopped and I looked at her and I said, these words, Lee, one of my sisters is dead. I know it. See, that is intuition. Intuition is knowing something without any type of explanation. And when I got to my parents' house, it was about a 30-minute drive. And I thought to myself the whole way, was it Bev? Was it Karen? Was it Bev? Was it Karen? You know, were they in a car accident? Were they out jogging? But never did I think that when I got to my parents' front door and that door opened, my dad would look at me and say, Rich killed your sister Beverly today. And, you know, it just changed my entire family's life forever. We never saw it coming. And it was very heinous. It was evil. Um, and it, of course, you know, it was senseless, just senseless, because the night before she was killed, she realized, you know, that he was a fake. And she, instead of coming and telling the family, she handled it on her own. And he tricked her one last time and said, I'll show you what I did with all your money. And he got her to follow him up the isolated road where he got out of his car and he went to her car and he shot and killed her. Wow. And, you know, that makes me feel like it could happen to anybody. <laughs> it does happen. It happens because I've been through it. Like I, I, the stories don't just get by me. And of course, because it's something that I study, the stories don't get by me. These types of stories, happen more than we know uh, and they happen to of course the majority of time women they happen to men and it is um it's shocking and it and it is senseless and i i started this because you know when he was released from prison in 2018 i said to myself like i have to warn people not just about him but about others that there are there are warning signs like when my sister was killed lee None of us. There were six of us left. Nobody has ever said these words. I can't believe that Rich killed Bev. He loved her so much. You know, like we never said that. We saw her happiness. But when she was killed, it was like the movie The Sixth Sense. All the warning signs just came flooding past us. And all those times we've said, that's weird or that doesn't add up. Huh, that's suspicious. Huh. What do you mean he has to work on Thanksgiving Day and he's coming later? Like all those little things that never added up. We never thought that meant he was going to kill my sister one day. But the warning signs were there. We looked past them. And my mission is that when people see warning signs, that they don't dismiss them, that they understand. Sometimes it's your intuition warning you that this person or this environment is, can be very dangerous. Well, you know, and I think you make such a good point is that we all have to be aware. We've got to use our situational awareness. And I talk a lot with with my clients. I have worked with some, you know, some younger adults and what's situational awareness? And and they get this when I say reading the room, walk in, mm -hmm. look around the room, read the room. Who's standing there with their their arms crossed looking all angry? Okay, don't go in that direction. Who is, right, right. you know, just those simple, simple things. So uh, when you talk about awareness and you, and I'm a big believer in intuition, you know, share some of your knowledge with us about that. 
Well, you know, talking about, I speak a lot to uh, universities, and I say this, you know, when you go somewhere, when you're at a social event, the best place to stand is against the wall or sit. Like you go to a bar, find a, find a table with where your back's to the wall because you can have a great time with your friends. If you want to drink, if you want to hoot and holler, you can do it all. But one thing you're going to know is you're going to, you're going to be able to watch the whole restaurant every time you look up or the whole party. And you can see if somebody's acting like an idiot. You can see if somebody just treated somebody disrespectfully or slapped somebody, you know, on the butt or touched somebody inappropriately and they didn't like it. And then you won't be caught off guard when all of a sudden they come up to you and say, can I buy you a drink? Or here, I bought you a drink. You already have seen them. And you're like, you're a big no. And I don't even need to give you a reason. You know, you're excused now sort of thing. But that awareness is everything. Like, and so I always say it's like people watching. When you sit, when you stand at the airport and you watch people, you do it with your back to the wall. And then your head and eyes naturally go left and right. So I can have a conversation with you at a restaurant or a party. And if we're sitting on a couch and that couch's back is to the wall, you know, we can talk and have a great time. But as I'm doing it, I get I get have a great vision of everybody that's coming and going, you know, through that environment. Well, and, you know, it's so interesting because I just completed my Ph.D. And in my dissertation, I talked about a leader's organizational experience with crisis decision making. And I was so blessed. I had uh, several military people in the in the study mm. and that you that's basic training. You know, <laughs> you, you learn those things. And right, when right. I was listening to you, I'm going, oh, my gosh, that's like basic training. And how important is that? And we think about that when we're in a risky environment. But, you know, if you're if you're on campus or if you're at work and everybody's going to happy hour, you don't think about those things. Yeah, you don't. But if it becomes a habit where you do care where you sit when you go into a restaurant, like, no, you want this table right in the middle room? How about that one right over there? Like, look at the best place for you to sit. Uh, you know, that's the sort of what that that way you can kind of control your environment a little bit. And don't be afraid to speak up and say, is it OK if we sit over here instead of here where a lot of women like they won't do that. Um, but, yeah, it, it becomes a habit like everywhere I go. It's a habit for me. And then if you are concerned about somebody like whether it's at a party or this or that, you never want to turn your back to that person. You can, again, enjoy your night. You don't have to keep your eyes right on that person. But you never want to be surprised where they can come up behind you and get close to you and start some sort of conversation with you or your friends to try to get access to the inner circle. Like I always say, your inner circle is golden. Like people don't just get to come and be in your inner circle. Well, but how do you how do you identify those people? Because, you know, and I've learned the hard way. And with age, people can be so deceptive. And mm-hmm. I, at times, you know, when I was raising my boys, at times I always felt like, okay, you don't want to teach them to look for the bad because we always find what we're looking for. So you don't want to do that. So how do you how do you teach people to use their intuition? Well, intuition will speak to you. See, that's the thing about intuition. It doesn't talk to us every day, but when it does, we should absolutely listen to it. But, you know, just to say, how do you identify somebody who's concerning? One, your intuition will tell you, 
but two, how people really listen to what people say when you speak to them. Listen to them. If somebody says uh, you want a drink and you say no, right? No, thank you. And they say, come on, just have one drink. Come on, everybody's having a drink. Like you already said no. So when somebody tries to talk you out of your no, they think it's a negotiation. See, your no should be, should, should be respected. And that's why ah. I try to teach young women specifically. When you say no, look them right in the eyes and be like, no, no, thank you. I'm good. Thanks. Say it, I always say, say it like your mom would tell you no. There was no wiggle room. And, but a lot of times, specifically as women, we go, no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. And, and that's not strong enough. Unfortunately, it's not good enough for the person on the other side. So when somebody gets you to change your mind, when you've already said no to me, that's a yellow flag. They're trying to get the power. And then once you give them the power, now they've gotten you a drink. Now they think they can give you another drink and another drink. And so it just goes from one step to another to another. Okay, so so move with caution, move with intent, pay attention to to what's going on around you. Do you find that people that are deceptive or manipulating don't go eyeball to eyeball with you? Oh, they're master manipulators. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, like, listen to what people say. Like, let's just take like a a handyman that, that comes to your house. And they're in there for a long time and you're like, hey, you know, how's it going in there? I'm not saying they have bad intentions, but they're like, instead of just saying like, well, it's this, they're like, well, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm working on this, but, and they give you this long soliloquy. It's so long, you can't even follow it. <laughs> like, Danger, danger, about? danger. Yeah, it's like, and, and people in, in social environments are like that. They, they, they just talk randomly about all this information but they don't really ask you answer the questions that you're asking them. Like really listen to what people are saying to you. And when you do that, you're going to be able to see when somebody's feeding you a line and when somebody's being more truthful, like it's always there. Like a lot of times, like I'll be in the grocery store and I, I, I listen to everything around me because your ears, your ears are your greatest sense. So if we're covering our ears with our phones or earbuds, we're taking away our greatest sense. I listen to everything and everyone. And sometimes I'll listen to some guy just manipulating, you know, his girlfriend or something behind me. And I just want to say that's such a crock, you know, he's just like, but, you know, they're, they're gullible and they listen and they take it and they, and they think that, that it's the truth. But really, I just want to turn around and say, listen, all he really wants is for you to sleep with them. You're wondering if he likes you or not, and if you guys are dating or not. You're wondering about all these other things where really somebody like that, they just want to know if they can get you to sleep with them. And if more women understood that, they, they, would, they would see through it a lot quicker. But, you know, they like the attention, and some guys know that. And, yes, because of that, they manipulate you. Well, and, and the truth of the matter is – is we all, we're humans, we want that social connection. We want to be liked. We want to be appreciated. We want to be adored. And I mean, that's our nature. But how mm-hmm. do you, so do you look at their body language? Do you listen to their tone of voice? Do you, do you have it like a, a little checklist that you could offer our listeners to be aware of? Well, I like that. So, you know, love bombing is a form of manipulation. 
a lot of people get into trouble in relationships because they get love bombed. And love bombed is, in the beginning, you're the greatest. Oh, my God, you're so beautiful. Oh, my God, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. You know, roses, gifts, showering them nonstop. And, and what, it's exactly what you said, Lee. We love the attention. Oh, my God, they're so nice. Oh, my God, they're this, they're that. But I always say this. If all we know about somebody is that they're nice, we don't really know them. If that's all we know, if somebody's really funny, if that's all we know, we don't really know what they're capable of. So I always say anybody can behave for a short amount of time, like online dating. I'm a big, I know people can get married off of online dating, but I'm a big, uh, oh my God, it's so dangerous because you're going out with somebody and their goal, if they have bad intentions, is to get you to an area of isolation whether that be a car or take you back to their place or take you to take you to your place. So that's some people's intentions. And if you go to a place like that, an area of isolation with somebody who you know for two hours because they're really, really nice, you're setting yourself up. You're setting yourself up because you don't know anything about them. You don't know what they're really capable of. Well, you make a really good point because you meet somebody and, oh, my gosh, they're just the nicest thing in the world. And, oh, my gosh, they want to show me this award that they got or or share something that, you know, it would be special to me. So, of course, I want to go see it. I mean, it's almost like, do you do a background check on people before you take it? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Well, no, that's good, Lee, because the older you get, there's so much information out there now. So you can, you know, if not everybody has information out there, but look, if you're doing online dating, they're not going to put a picture on there of how their last relationship ended. They're going to put a picture on there of there they are, super happy with a dog. And if they're a doctor, they're going to wear their doctor's jacket. Like, it's so pretentious. It's everything they want you to see. And that's, to, that's just it. The pretenders push all of these things in front of you. Just like my sister's killer. He was working on his third master's degree. I mean, what father wouldn't want to brag about that? My daughter's going out with this guy that's working on his third master's degree. He was in the Marines. He's got a job at Lytton. He works at aerospace. Oh, he makes a lot of money. You know, all these things, those are the things he pushed in front of us. What he didn't tell us was that by the age of 30, he was divorced twice and that his former wife and son, who we didn't know he had a son, fled in the middle of the night for their safety. So those are things we found out after the fact. And so see the pretenders, they're never going to tell you the bad things, but they are going to push in front of you all the things that they want to captivate you with, whether it's who they are the job they have, the money they have, or they shower you with the gifts, the red roses, you're beautiful, you're this. And then one day, it could be soon, it could be eight months from that, it could be two years from that. Women tell me all the time, they went from Dr. Jekyll to Mr. Hyde. I've never seen that look in his eyes before, and I was scared. I hear it all the time. And so all I can say, Lee, is this. You can do whatever you want. You can make all the choices that you want to make when you, when you meet somebody. But in all reality, it takes a long time to get to know somebody, a long time. And if you make a hasty decision, if you just pour your soul into somebody after a short amount of time, 
you know, you could set yourself up to, to not just be hurt, but to, to, to be assaulted, to be, to be violently assaulted and possibly to have your life ended. So let's talk about, you know, being threatened and being assaulted. Do you teach safety? Do, do you teach people how to, how to defend themselves if they get oh, yeah. into that yeah. situation? Oh, yeah, sure. I teach, so I teach two things. So there's the predator that we don't know, right? Some guy that just shows up in a parking lot and he's got a knife or a gun. That's, that's one aspect of my classes. And then the other aspect of my classes is somebody who you do know. And so let's just say it's somebody who we don't know and somebody pulls a gun out on you, right? And they pull the gun out on you, Lee, and you're really at close range with them and they point that gun at you and you're scared and they go get into the car. And what are you going to do, Lee? I'm going to get into the car or else they're going to shoot No, me. you're not going to get into the car. And that's what my class is all about. People don't know what to do because if you get into the car, it's isolated. And where they drive you to is isolated. And isolated means no one can see you and no one can hear you scream. And if you get into that car, there's about a 98% chance we'll never see you again. You have a better success rate of turning around, screaming, and running, and have that guy try to shoot you than you do getting in that car and complying and going with him. People, so people you, panic, and they don't know the difference. You just said there's a 98% chance if you get in that car, you're never going to get out of that car again. Mm-hmm. That, that, that statistic I don't want to be two people out of a hundred that, that, I mean, that's what it is. Two people out of a hundred get to get out of the car. Wow. I mean, it's the people we panic because we do what we see on TV. Don't scream or I'll shoot. And so they go, okay, okay. I'll do whatever you say. You're going to do whatever they say. You're going to give them your purse. You're going to give them your wallet. You're going to give them your car. You're going to give them everything, but the only thing they can't have is you. That's it. They can't have you. You have a better chance to survive by turning and running. I don't care if you're 70 years old or 10 years old. The bottom line is if they wanted to shoot you, they would. See, that's called an active shooter. They see people, they go up to them, and they shoot them. People pull out guns in a situation like that because they're intimidating because we all know they can kill us. But if they really wanted to shoot you, they would. And if that gun goes off, it's going to draw attention. And they don't want to get caught. And people forget that. That's why turning and running is, is, is your best option. So hey, you're, you're absolutely right. In talking with you, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's, of course that's what I would do. But, <laughs> but standing in that situation and when that autonomic nervous system gets knocked out of balance sure. – and you start riding that roller coaster, fight, flight, freeze, fight, flight, freeze. You know, it doesn't, that panic sets in, that shock mm-hmm. sets in. What do you have to share with people when they're in that fight, flight, freeze? I love it. It's a great question. Here's the thing, Lee. If you haven't thought about it before, you don't have a plan. You don't have a plan. And if you don't have a plan, you could freeze and you could end up getting in the car simply because you haven't thought about it. That's why like my class is so empowering because I take everybody through all these scenarios and it's like, this is what you do here. This is what you do here. Like 
I, I, I travel, as you mentioned, I'm walking to my hotel room, I'm walking down a long hallway, it's a nice hotel, I'm tired, and I look up and here comes a really intoxicated large man walking towards me. It's too late for me to turn around. I've got to walk by him. And I say to myself, my God, Barb, what are you going to do if he attacks you? And I say to myself, what's your plan, Barb? And see, my plan is eyes and groin. If anyone ever attacks me, I'm going to stick my fingers in their eyes and I'm going to knee the heck out of their groin. That's my plan. Some people might be like, I'm going to shove my palm up into their nose. I'm going to knee them in the groin. I'm going to elbow them in the throat. But you have to know what you're going to do. It's like, Lee, if I say to you right now something super simple, if someone knocks on your door, Lee, what do you do? Well, usually you answer it. But what do, you do, should do, do, you open do, your, do, do, do you open your door or do you talk through the door? Well, I know what I should say. I should say <laughs> okay. you talk through the door. But you should but talk in through reality, the door. In today's, world, in today's world, because there's so many scams, you should have that conversation through the door. But if you if I didn't tell you that before, you probably just keep doing what you're doing and think, oh, this person looks OK and crack that door open and say, can I help you? And my and I just say to you and anybody else out there, if that's the wrong person, when you open that door, anything can happen because inside of your house is an isolated area. So once you open the door, you, you could be possibly opening it up for danger. Well, and what you're saying, Barb, it's so simple. It makes so much sense. <laughs> but what it what what it boils down to, as you said, what's your plan? If you don't have a plan, then you react from that emotional that emotional stance. Well, you right. know, he looks like a nice guy. Oh my gosh, he's so cute. You know, it mm-hmm. won't hurt. And if you have a plan, then you don't go down that that little pathway you go down the pathway is okay well I'm not, I'm not really ready to open the, however you want to say it and I see nothing wrong with just saying I'm not ready to open the door right now how can I help you what do you need right and you don't even it's your house you don't even have to explain yourself in today's world very few people go door to door because everybody knows there's so many scams out there so so when someone knocks on your door and you don't know them it's kind of weird in today's world where when you and I were younger, you know, we'd run to the door and we'd slide in our socks and we'd be all excited because <laughs> somebody was at the door. Now everybody's like, shh, somebody's at the door. It's like really crazy. But I do want to say this, Lee, that it's not about uh, not trusting people. Like some people are like, oh, I don't want to be like that. I want to trust people. Well, guess what? You can trust people. What I am saying is, don't let your guard down until you get to know people. Here, here's just a quick story. So my sister's killer, Rich Lewis, lives in Long Beach, California. And all the pictures I see of him, he's wearing his Marines ball cap and his Marines t-shirt. See, they know what they're doing. So when he's out in society and he's in line at Starbucks and you're in line next to him, what do you say? Hi, Marine. Thanks for your service. Yeah, oh, thanks for your service. And so right away you're engaging you're engaging with someone who spent 30 years in jail for murder and you don't even know it see they know what they're doing they know how to get you to engage with them and if you choose to do that it's fine so that's why i say to you engage with people but don't let your guard down don't be fooled because there's a lot of normal looking people out there 
that have bad intentions. I, I believe that 100%. Well, and it's, just, you know, when you make a personal decision, it's just like a business decision. You have to think it through. You, you really do. And you have to stop and think about it. We've got three minutes left. And for our listeners out there that, you know, I think what you do is so important. And I think at any age, I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. I see that you have an online safety course that's going to go live this month. I, obviously, I'm not 16 and I've I've learned a lot from life experiences. But I think in any age, I need to know more about how to stay safe. So people yeah. that want to learn more about you, how to find you, how do they do that? Okay, so my website is alwaysbev.com, named after my sister Beverly. But these these safety online courses that are coming out, they're coming out for, there's personal safety courses for men and women. There's women's personal safety courses. There's, there's college courses for women's personal safety, realtors' personal safety, uh, young girls' personal safety. They're all coming out this month. Um, the first one is launching on Valentine's Day next week. And you can find them by Googling Stay Safe with Barb Jordan. Stay safe with Barb Jordan, just yep. like Michael Jordan. <laughs> I don't know if I can be that great, but uh, well, that Jordan is the same, yes. Well, but, you know, I think it's so important for people to, to realize, number one, you, it's your responsibility to keep yourself safe. There's no, Absolutely. there's no, you know, universal power that is going to keep you safe. Just like you have to advocate for your own mental health and you have to Mm -hmm. advocate for your own health care. You have to advocate for your personal safety for sure. And, you know, it's important to me that and we've got just a, a very short time left. But are there any red flags that in a relationship that people should look for? And when you see that, get the heck out of Dodge. Well, we've talked about manipulation, but I think another one is isolation. When you can't go out with your friends or your family and that person is texting you over and over and over again, and they only want you to do things with them, they give you the hardest time when you go out with your friends or your family, that's a huge red flag. You know, telling you who you can and can't follow on social media, all those things are are literally a spiral path to a very toxic relationship. Well, that is such good advice to end on, Barb, because it, it makes me stop and think, you know, if someone says you can't do that, my response needs to be, uh, yes, I can. I can't thank you enough for being on my show. I encourage people to look for you on Facebook. Always be vigilant and to go to your website, alwaysveb.com. Thank you so much. Lee Richardson and the Brain Performance Center, we want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, visit us on iTunes, Google Play, Toginet, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and thebrainperformancecenter.com. Brain Performance Center.com.